Blog Talk Radio. Okay, see, don't mess with God. I got kicked off the show earlier, and I found another way to do it. So, I am still back on the air. So, if you want to listen to the show, log into the show, I have actually went back on to Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So, let me go back on Facebook and just to let them know what happened because we, I, I'm going to say I, because there's no I in God, but I got kicked off the show because apparently I don't know what's going on. But I'm going to say, I guess I wasn't supposed to be talking about unbelief and disbelief, but I found another way to get it done. I just started a whole nother show. So if you want to log on to the show, you can actually call in to listen at 516 516- Three eight seven one nine one four. And again, if you are a pastor, if you are someone in ministry, or if you are someone that is struggling with your belief, give me a call so we can talk about it. Because like I said, I got kicked off, but I got a whole another 58 more minutes to talk about it. So we are going to be talking about unbelief and disbelief because I was sharing... <laughs> Now Facebook just kicked me off too, but it's all good. I was just sharing some very important information as it relates to one's unbelief and disbelief. Boy, uh, this is interesting. So I was talking about how God's name had been removed from the public realm and how basically how we start talking about, you know, when we're talking about biblical times and it is imperative why unbelief is on the rise and why moral standards continue to deteriorate. Other factors contributing to what's going on in regards to today's unbelief and disbelief, I don't know why this phone want to keep driving me nuts, is the fact that there is the church half-hearted adherence and the hard truth of God's word in regards to the significant growth of the new age, in regards to Eastern religion and the attempt to redefine the family, the post modern rejection of absolute, and the aggressive rise of new atheists. So I'm not saying that people are bad people. I don't want people to think that. But the bottom line is that we live in a fallen world, and the God of this age has blinded the minds of many unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel. And that's also in Second Corinthians 4 and 4. And as history moves forward, Many will move further away from the sound biblical doctorate and the unbelief spreads. And a lot of times, even when we're talking about pastors in the pulpit, a lot of times you've got to be careful. I want you to continue to keep my godbrother, Delano Blackwell, in prayer. And he used to always tell me when I would go to church, Jeanette, when the pastor is preaching, open up your Bible and read the scriptures for yourself. Make sure that they're staying on topic. Because a lot of times we get so caught up in having our ears tickled or watching the theatrical of what's going on, we forget and we don't pay attention to what the Bible is telling us in regards to the Word of God. And what's happening even with the biblical doctrine and the unbelief spread is the Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. 
And in 1 Timothy 4 through 1, there are plenty of false teachers to keep the lost blinded and aid them in their fight or flight from God. And in Matthew 24, 10, 11, and 2 Timothy 4 and 3, and 1 John 4 and 1, the sad truth is that most people do not see the Bible as the absolute authority anymore. As God's word continues to be marginalized, unbelief will continue to increase around the world, and we are seeing it. Even with the coronavirus, individuals are not being allowed to enter into their place of worship. Some individuals are defying the order and are still going to churches, and they don't believe that the coronavirus is real. But I know that the coronavirus is real because I know people that have had it. Now, when we start talking about along these lines, and there's an individual by the name of John MacArthur, and he stated, our society has grown steadily darker, and the message the church is now giving to the world is more confused and confusing than perhaps any dark ages. His conclusion was, the church needs to get back to the word of God. So in order for us to believe and believe it for ourselves, we also got to read it for ourselves and actually study to show ourselves approved. Now, the only solution to do anything less is to hide our light under the bushel. And in Luke 11.33, if we want people to believe, we must give them something to believe in. And that is powerful. Because when I'm looking outside, even though I keep seeing this cat that keep running around my house, and I don't know why, because I don't care for cats, and I have two dogs over here, so it's like, why does this cat come every day? And I can trust to believe that cat goes show up every day if I'm sitting in my room, in my computer room. It doesn't matter if it's on a weekday or weekend. That cat is going to walk up to my door. So when we started talking about giving individuals something to believe in, the servant of Christ should not lose heart, and despite the increasing unbelief and the growing tide of the hostility towards individuals, there is good news that Jesus told us that before the end comes, his gospel will be preached in the whole world. And in Matthew twenty-four fourteen, portions of the Bible have now been translated into more than 3,850 languages, covering 98% of the world's populations. We got we have Christian radios, we have broadca- podcasts, we have a lot of different um, um, broadcasts out there, and it, nearly 78% of the earth's population, God's word is being preached all around the world with tremendous success by multitude of individuals many of whom have risked their lives every day to spread the gospel. And surely the arms of the Lord is not too short to save. Now, Isaiah, in Isaiah 59.1, even the communists of China, where it is believed over 100 million people are followers of Jesus Christ, the World Christians Encyclopedia reports that nearly 17 million people accept Jesus Christ every year. Now, I got someone logged in. Thank you. Let me link them on because I'm tired of talking to myself. Today is an interesting day. It won't even let me log this person on. 
Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Purchase Vickman's Blog Talk Radio, number in and in 44. How are you doing? Fine, and you, ma'am. Well, today is a day. Today's topic is unbelief. Now, I'm talking about unbelief, disbelief. Girl, I have been kicked off the radio. Mike wasn't working. FaceTime girl then kicked me off. I had to start a whole nother show because apparently I had the first one for 15 minutes. And normally you can go, it's just been a mess. So I am thankful. I'm, I thank you for calling in because I needed someone to help me share this information as we talk about unbelief because a lot of times individuals get unbelief confused with disbelief. Now, we're seeing a lot of things today. A lot of things are happening in the world. We're looking at politics. I don't know if you was watching the, the Democratic Convention, and I'm not telling who to vote for, but I'm telling you vote for somebody because you got to do something. And some people don't even believe in politics. They don't believe in there's going to be a change. They don't believe, you know, they don't believe in a whole lot of stuff. But I want to ask you, Mama G, when we start talking about unbelief, what do you think that is about? Well, I have two definitions with unbelief. Sometimes I just can't believe the mindset of people. It's just unbelievable of how people think. Uh-huh. And then the other unbelief is you, um, on, on the religious note, you can't see God's creation. Have you ever tried him? I, that's confusing to me. Uh-huh. So there's, there's two sides to that that word of unbelief. I can't believe, like I'm going through something right now. I cannot believe a school that's been established over 100 years will not honor one of the top cadets, uh, black cadets of all time at their school. That's just uh-huh. unbelievable to me. And this time, this is uh-huh. 2020. This is not, oh, don't get me. I start to cry because it hurts. Yeah. And you yeah. know what, Karen? And, and I'm going to say this. You put forth a lot of effort. You told me that they gave you a letter. And I didn't get a chance to go into details of what the letter well, was about. Well, we're not going to go into detail on that letter because we're on the air and, I, and, and, no, and it was handled. It was handled and it's it handled through lawyers now, but it hurts. It This is what I was gonna say. One of the things that people wanted you to do, or they may, and I don't know because I didn't read the letter, they wanted you to be quiet, and you not gonna be quiet. Because, like you no. said, I don't believe that you want to silence or that you will not allow it to be said and heard and known that this child existed and he was a product of what he went through and what he contributed to your school. So you want it to be known. But then they're like, "Uh uh-uh, don't you say nothing, don't you? So a lot of times it's sad because in some cases it is based on ignorance. It's based on pride. I believe that. Because I believe if they honored him, they're scared of their financial attitude because they marketed rich, foreign people, rich, rich people in society. 
I was using Army and Navy to scam people out of the money, but they insinuated that. So they, Army and Navy Academy, those people are there. They, they'll smile in your face, but they don't, in, in essence, I was told if I don't have a million dollars to hand to them, don't solicit Wow. Um, my yeah. foundation with their school to raise money to build a foundation That's at that school. But you, but you also indicated that there's other things that you do. You did want it. You did want your son's name to be a part, a legacy, because he attended. But you also said there's other things that you do for the community in order to help young men. Because there are a lot right. of young men. Right. Uh-huh. I do a dress for success at a continuation school. Each year, except this was the only year I wasn't able to do it because of COVID. But Mm -hmm. every year on the first day of school, on the day that they do their ID pictures, I would, all senior boys, I would give them a white shirt and a tie, a Mm -hmm. pressed clean white shirt and a tie, and and show them this is how you look on a job interview. And I said, and even when you have to show your ID to the popo, and somebody said, oh, Mama G, you know about the popo? I said, yes, I do know about the popo. So if they see this ID card for, for three seconds, they might think you're a nice kid because you look nice. Correct. They all so laugh. You did ask me for something. I gave you what I was able to find. So hopefully you're able to get in touch with the brother and then um, go from there. If not, let me know because that was the only oh, yeah. oh, yes. we talk- Oh, we talked this morning. He did, uh, um, the brother, the younger brother did remember my dad. My dad worked with the brother. I mean, work, no, worked with their father. Uh huh. At, at the post office. Now I told them I knew a Jeanette, and they said they talk, they called you by another name. Mm-hmm. But and but I said this is a small world because she was she used to uh, be the bus driver to my son, and now she's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And so we got to talking about my dad, and he said that my dad used to talk to him and his older brother about mm-hmm. being a man. Yeah. So we had a good time talking. I'm glad you were able to reach out to him. It was funny because, like I told yeah. you, I haven't seen him since I was kids. I have not seen him since I was kids. And when I wanted to do a man-to-man conference and workshop, and I saw that they had attended, I said, oh, somebody had the same idea I did. Well, I wanted to get a bunch of people together and put together something. I wanted to do a homeless workshop to talk about the homelessness in our area and do something to make a difference. I wanted to talk about um, doing something with mental health, working with teens, doing parenting. So there's a lot of ideas that I had, and then everything became COVID messed it up, and it didn't stop it because I was trying to get one of my interns to try to help me do things um, virtually, and then now everybody got to do things virtually. So now I gotta update stuff. I gotta do a um a twenty minute thing today about um, the making of a successful businesswoman of the book that I'm in that was basically um published by Talisha Berry. I gotta get that done before five o'clock today. 
So there's a lot of different things. So I'm just glad that I was able to at least provide you with that information. But, yeah, he knew who I was. It was funny because I knew uh, the, you know, the athlete more than I did the other one because when my grandmother was, was alive, I knew more of my family members than since she passed. I don't know really where nobody is. But I want to get back to the show when we start talking about unbelief. Now, in Mark 9, 23, 25, it says, and Jesus said to him, if you can't do, or if you can do all things are possible for one who believes, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute the deaf spirit. I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. Now, that is powerful because sometimes we just want to give up. Sometimes we go through things. I was watching the news where they were talking about um, Sharon Stone's sister having lupus and um, having being, in a hospital, being hospitalized with COVID as well as her husband. And it kind of opened up my eyes. And all I can say is thank you, Jesus, because I had to be quarantined because a family called me for an intervention, and I really didn't want to go, but because I was listening to what the person was saying about their family, I felt I'm going to do my best. And I've been staying away from folks, not being around people, working mostly from home, you know, doing what i got to do. But I stepped out on faith, went to these people's house. The very next day, I get a phone call with a message saying, um, hello, Jeanette, you came to our house for an intervention, and I want you to know you was exposed to COVID. I said, I'll be doggone. And no. I went and got tested. Yes, I went and got tested Sunday. Now, here, I have Kaiser. I paid $585 a month for Kaiser. Kaiser told me, we can't test you because you don't have any symptoms, and we have to order the test. I said, well, can I go to a county clinic? Can I go? I need to. I, I have lupus. I have high blood pressure. And they say I'm obese, but I ain't going to claim that one. But, <laughs> but I am at risk. And here it is. I go try to help this family. And then the next day, not the person that hired me contact me. The person that had to do the intervention that didn't want to do the intervention was the one that left me the message telling me their mama had been positive for COVID. Girl, I said, you got to be kidding me. But I trust God. I know I'm going to be okay. I'm just going to sit in my house in my little quarantine until they I get my results back because I know God is not going. First of all, I don't have a spirit of fear, and I know I'm not sick. But to be placed in that situation, I was like, you know what? It's going to be all right. Now, I want to also read to you, the listeners, John three eighteen through 19. Whosoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed the name of the only Son of God, and this is the judgment. The light has come to the world, and people love darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. Cameron? <laughs> well, when I heard that voicemail, the old Jeanette wanted to come out. <laughs> Uh-oh. I know I you did. Tell me a 
laughs. You suckers, 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 suckers. My daughter, and then my daughter didn't make it no better. My daughter told me, she said, because she was already on me about my pricing, because you know I always lowball myself because I'm not one that focuses on money. I don't do things for money. Don't care about money. And for an intervention, the price of an intervention can run anywhere from 1800 to $10,000 for an intervention. I charge some people $500. My daughter told me, Mom, you may have bought COVID for $500. <laughs> You lowballed yourself, and you may have bought COVID for $500. So that really made me feel real smart, okay, just just real smart. But it's okay. It is okay, but I know, Karen, I will be okay. I know I am. Because, like I said, I'm not having any symptoms. I'm not sick. But when I was listening to the news and I heard about Sharon Stone's sister being hospitalized, having lupus, I said, oh, my God, they diagnosed me with lupus 40 years ago. You know, I don't take medications for lupus because I don't have a lot of the symptoms that people have. I've been truly, truly blessed, and I am a believer. I believe that God did not bring me this far. We would have to go through all of that. I'm not saying COVID don't exist. I'm not saying that it's re- not real. But what I'm saying is not me. It ain't going to happen to me. I'm not claiming that. Any comments, Karen? Because I know you would have been hot if somebody would have invited you over their house knowing they was positive. All I can say is you have to, if you, the unbelief, that they'll have unbelief until they get into a situation, and then they're going to holler his name. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. They're going to holler his name. As long as things are going good, you're not going to holler his name. Like, for instance, when my son passed away, I praise God that he allowed, he chose me to be his mother. And mm-hmm. people were like, are you serious? These, these people in society, he was the only black person there, and he drowned. I said, yeah, but he didn't get shot. He wasn't stabbed. He just mm-hmm. went, he, he was born in the water, and he left in water. And God allowed me to be his mother. Oh, thank you, Jesus. And I know for uh, I have assurance that he's with God today. Some of you parents who have 23 years old uh, kids don't even know if your child's going to go to heaven because of their lifestyle and their beliefs. Mm-hmm. So, that is so, so true. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, every time I hear you talk about your son, I remember that debate we had. I don't know if you remember, but when you told me that your son <laughs> told you that a woman can't be a preacher, and we went round and round and round and round. I don't even know if you remember having that conversation with me. And you said your son showed it to you, and we were just going, because we were like, wait, wait a minute, anybody can spread the word, anybody can spread the gospel. And you was like, well, my son said a woman is not supposed to be preaching in the pulpit. And da 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 and we were going round and round and round about that when we started talking about belief. Do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do. Now, because he showed me, he showed me in Second Corinthians the order of creation, and he mm-hmm. said a woman cannot observe a man's authority. So 
the way the way creation was made, that's the way the church should be made. Mm-hmm. He said women should not be teaching over men, and, and and she should not be pastoring men. Men were made first, and they mm-hmm. should always be the overseer. And, and once he showed me that in Corinthians, where God had made, had had put the order of creation the way he did in the Word, I shut up. <laughs> I shut up. It wasn't like I was trying to be a preacher. It wasn't like I was trying to be a ministry like that. And you were bring that to me. I was like, and we would just go around and around. <laughs> I would never forget that conversation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I want to share with the listeners also when we start talking about, because we always say we want to believe, show me. Now, in First John chapter 2, 16-17, it indicates, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of our Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possession is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. See, that's why, like I told you, I know I'm not going to be sick. I know I'm going to be okay. Because as long as I abide by God, God got me. Now, I knew better. I knew better. That's why I told them people, we're going to meet outside. We're going to wear masks. But it was going so fast till we were outside with social distance, but nobody had a mask on. But I didn't get close to some people. But what got me was when the mama showed up late, I wasn't even around her that long. If you knew you had been tested, you tested positive, why would you even come outside? Why would you even join in a conversation? That's the part that got me. And you walked me to my car and you knew. You knew. But it's all good because touch not my anointed and do my servant no harm. Uh So it's going to be all right. (laughs) It's going to be all right. And you and didn't some, even know. Hmm? I was like, okay then. I'll be in my house for another year then. <laughs> Whew, I've been in this house. It's driving me nuts. I only went outside. No, it's not driving me nuts. I'm not going to say it's driving me nuts because time goes by so fast. Sometimes I sit in this computer room doing work and all of this stuff for like 10 hours a day. But at least it's stopping me from driving from office to office because, you know, I was driving back and forth to five different locations. And that drive was starting to kick my So, you know what, I'm not even worried about it. It's all good. Now, when we start getting back to also talking about unbelief, and it also indicates in Ephesians 2, 8, for the grace you've been saved through faith. And it is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. Now, a lot of times we start talking about how do individuals transition from a unbelief to belief because we're not just born believers. We're really not. And a lot of times individuals have to go through some things like you said. Sometimes what happens is individuals experience something or they get to the point to where they, they there is a cause of unbelief. I've heard individuals say, well, if there's a God, why did he take my mama? Or why did these things happen? Or why did I lose my job? Or why is my house in foreclosure? So I've 
heard a lot of different things, but some things we have to realize, even though we know God is in control, sometimes man, we do think something to ourselves. And like I said, yeah. me going to some people's house. I couldn't say I can't say that's God that was God. That was me. That was all me trying to help. <laughs> now, what do you have to say when we start talking about the fact of when we start going from how do individuals, when we, because we talked about a little bit of the cause of unbelief, but transitioning from a unbeliever to a believer. When you was growing up home, and I know you probably said, I think you said you had to grow up in church yourself too. And we also got to remember, everybody in church don't believe. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Let's talk about that a little bit, because sometimes, we be thinking about I have a cousin. I have a cousin that did the same thing as her dad did. Her dad did not marry his second wife for a long time. And then she hooked up with her father's children and they still live together. Over 25 years. Mm-hmm. They don't go to church. And I remember one time my my uncle said, well, Moses was, was he, did he say Moses or somebody in the Bible? Oh, he said uh, King David and Solomon was pimp. They had 700 lives. I was like, oh, Jesus, help me today. <laughs> you said they were pimps. Who cared? Okay, no. <laughs> Can't wait a minute. You know I'm about to go look that one up. You said they were just straight pills. <laughs> uh, you know, and so I, and I was like, you can't say that. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, you know, it is. And he did. Because and I, so know, they don't go to church. They don't uh, go to church. Uh, you know, they just do what they have to do, and they're done. And uh, I'm like, there is a God somewhere. But uh-huh. um, she said she re- she respects and admire my my beliefs. Mm-hmm. But she said, but she said she was never getting married and all that church stuff. Wasn't for me. And but okay, but then again, it goes back to what I was saying before: the fear, the disbelief. A lot of times, right. sometimes things happen. We and like I said, I got this thing with with pastors. You know, for some reason, it seems like when I meet people, they always and somehow in ministry, I don't mess with pastors. I just like uh. Uh-uh. And part of it is because I've shared my mother got pregnant by a pastor when I was a kid. We would go to church, and my mother was a very beautiful, attractive woman, Woman, and the pastors would always hit on my mother, the pastors of the deacon. And, and then when I was young, and I would go to church, and I would watch these women, and they, because I was single off and on, you know, for a while, and they would look, I'm like, I'm not messing with your husband. I don't want your husband. Because I saw that at a young 
age. That was a turnoff to me. But it was just crazy in my adult life that I started running into these situations, and then I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's just not for me. Now, the one thing when we start talking about that and talking about, like I said, I saw that, and, and I understand what your friend is saying, but that's a fear. That is a fear. And I know that I can't judge a man of God if he's a pastor, but I know that there's a certain lifestyle. I get it. And I'm sitting up here talking to that man, and I had just sent my friend a text in Mississippi because he sent me a text this morning, and I know he was a, he's an assistant pastor. And I told him, I said, look, right might need to be raised in the country, so I might be on my way to Mississippi. So even though I know I'm not going to Mississippi, but I sent him that text message anyway. But when we start talking about the cause of disbelief, and like I said, there's a view, and we start talking about where that, where that comes from, we're talking about the people in the church, and I'm looking at something, and it goes back into and what they're saying. is It comes from thebiblehub.com, and it says that in view of the correct, which they assigned, and they were talking about how they were talking about people were rejected, things that was, was done. But they, it goes into something about when we talk about belief and unbelief is miracles. Now, though it had been done so many miracles that they've seen before, John only recorded seven of these miracles as types of often referred to as the greatest numbers of them. Now, believe it or not, many of them had some kind of intellectual faith in him as a man of God or as a prophet of Galilee, but they did not have that faith which believes, trust, devotes one life. Now, a lot of times, Karen, we say, show me. I got to see it for myself. I don't believe what? it. It can't be. Well, that's human. That's the human flesh of us. Mm-hmm. That's the human flesh of us. You should know this, psychologist. That that's our psyche. Oh, yeah. We have this, we have this unbelief that it can't be done unless we see it. Uh-huh. You, you know, see, I remember. And, and the word says, write the vision down. So I'm uh-huh. writing my vision now that my son will have a memorial building on Army Navy Academy before I leave this earth. Because, you know, it wasn't brought up to me. That's why I know it's in God's hands, and nobody's going to stop this. I'm going to get that check to give to those people. I'll say, now, here, here's the memorial building. I got 13 awards of my son that he received at the school, the highest awards any black that has ever received at that school. Mm-hmm. And you mean yeah. you, can't just, you can't put a picture up there? You can't put this article up there? You can't? Give me room to house all these awards because when I die, they're going to sit in the garage anyway. So I want to donate them to the school. But I have a question for you. What? I have a question. They said a million dollars. God do things for free. Now, if you give these people a million dollars and they don't do it, then what? But you just donated a million dollars. Well, this is what this is what was told to me a few years back. This old white colonel that used to be a member of the of the staff, and I prayed him away. He told me I was a black woman, and I could never raise 
that kind of money to build a building on that campus. Mm. See, okay. so that's been my fuel. And then when I was told I ne- I didn't have anything in writing, mm-hmm. that will never happen. If I don't have it in writing, that will never happen. And mm-hmm. that hurt mm-hmm. me again because I thought I, I was taught if you gave your word that you could do it, that was good enough, but mm-hmm. not here. So, so that, so they use everything and anything to the to deter me from my dream. They said, "Oh, we could, we 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 prefer to just have a, a scholarship in this name, but not a building." Mm-hmm. I was like, "No, but I'm gonna have both." Now that you said that, it goes back to what I said again. If you walk in there and you give them people a million dollar check, and they don't give you what you want, then what? Because you got to remember, oh, you no, 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 money talks. Money talks. See, they have the assumptions. They they made a, a they assume, and you know what assume means, that I will mm-hmm. never get it. Mm-hmm. See, okay. So there has to, there, there, there has to mm-hmm. be, if I raise that kind of money or get a, someone who's rich enough to just give that to me, in my 501c3, and then I turn it over to Army and Navy Academy, we have, I go in there with a lawyer and an agreement of this is going to happen. Okay. You don't give the money right up. You go in there and say, I have the money. I need, uh, where's, the, where's your lawyer? Where's my lawyer? Uh-huh. Okay. Because what I was told, in essence, if I had the million dollars, in my hand, I can get a lawyer, write up the agreement, and it would be done. Gotcha. Now, getting back, and you believe it's going to happen, and I believe in God, and it can. Like yeah. you said, when I was talking about um, the things that I had to do for the book today before 5 o'clock with the making of a successful businesswoman, and the one thing that I said when I talk about my chapter, with God, motivation, and determination, there are no limits. And I That's right. totally by that. So but when we start talking about even the unbelief, and it indicates, it says, I judge him not. I'm declaring that he judges those who hear his words and believe not. He is not inconsistent, and the day of judgment he shall sit upon the throne, not to condemn the world that he came to save. It will always be either saved or condemned. The words that he left in all of us will decide the destiny of every man. That he rejected rejected me, the words that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last days. And that is mm. an interesting, interesting scripture. Because you said something that was very powerful in regards to talking about they go believe when they or something when it when it when they have to or when things happen. The first thing they do is call on God when they get in trouble. Now there are consequences of unbelief, and I want to speak on that a little bit because there's consequences when you believe. Because people ain't gonna believe that you believe. They go challenge you. They go test you. They go doubt you. They go, and you don't have to force what you believe on other people. Now, this information that I'm speaking on now is coming from Inspired Walk, 
and they're talking about Christian living and questions relationships with God. Because one of the things is many individuals get it confused when we start talking about being religious versus being relational versus our spirituality. And mm. coming from Jeanette, that's three different things. Can we? Can you elaborate on that a little bit, Karen? Being religious. Okay your relationship, and being spiritual? Oh, um, a relationship with, I'll start with the relationship. Personally, I believe I have a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. because, of, because of my physical challenge. Despite my physical challenge, I have become a successful Entrepreneur, a parent first. Um, I'm I hopefully one day I'll be a successful entrepreneur. I, I think I'm on my way, but I've I live the American dream. I have a three car garage home with a with a swimming pool and a jacuzzi in the back, a four bedroom home. Who would ever think a child that was born with or diagnosed with cerebral palsy on the left side could live a life that I'm living. And then Uh my children were jewels. And I can be through them, thank you, Jesus, through them I can speak on parenting because each one had a different path and place Uh in their life. So I know there's a God, and mm-hmm. if you follow him, he will open doors that you never thought that could be open to you. Oh, mm-hmm. now, there is, now, when you go beyond, when you go out of that scope and do something stupid that you know you're not supposed to do, you get scared, like, oh, God, please don't whoop me today. I'm sorry. I'm weak. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I... I do that often. Mm-hmm. I know I have, he knows, he, he knows my heart. I like how you spoke on that, Karen, because you talked about your relationship. And that's where a lot of individuals get it confused because it's a personal relationship, your own spiritual walk, your own spiritual journey. And a lot of times individuals think that people are become over-religious because religion right. is one right. religion right. is more Religion has a lot more to do with the way people worship, the way people do things. I went to my cousin's son's baptism, and he it was at a Catholic church. Now, when I go to Catholic churches, and there's nothing against the Catholic religion beliefs, it bores the crap out of me. I get tired of sit up, stand up, sit down, kneel. I'm like, this is like going to the gym. I'm tired of all this exercising. And it was crazy because when the babies were getting baptized, I got baptized in the ocean. And um, Pastor Dan Estelle and Pastor Robinson, I still don't have my baptism certificate because I acted a complete fool. And then when somebody tripped me in the water and said I was going down, I said, you motherfuckers going with me. I grabbed her, and Dan and Phil's son tripped me. I learned that later that he tripped me. And when I came up, I was mad. And I got mad. They was laughing at me, and I hit Pastor Robinson in the chest. So I was violent. Yeah. <laughs> I was mad, I was violent. So I still don't have a baptism certificate. 
and it's been since 2012. I think somebody should give me a certificate by now because I ain't going back in the water. But to make a long story short with that, when we were at my little cousin's baptism, they was doing a little differently, and they had little rituals. They was going around with the families, and Ryder was getting bored. Ryder howled out, I see God. Girl, we right in the middle of the baptism, and the baby goes scream out, I see God. Everybody started looking like, where God at? God that came to the baptism. And let me just sit there and shake my head. I was like, this little boy right here. So when we start talking about, I had to share that with We start talking about consequences of unbelief. And when we start talking about things of that nature, and nor did he want to do the many works there because of their unbelief. But unbelief regarding the things of God is very sad and dangerous things. And when we do not believe in the things of God, we are kept from enjoying a relationship, which is why I brought up the relationship with God. We are kept from enjoying a relationship with God, and unbelief also keeps us from experiencing the promises of God in our lives. Most importantly, when you do not believe, you are kept from receiving the salvation of the Lord to keep you from perishing. And see, you talked about your cousin wanting to live, and we would call it fornicating, you know, living in sin and however, but people do what they want to do. Like I talked about Pastor Hammond in the beginning, I used to love the fact that he used to say, I don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. So that's their own salvation. And then you know you've been married to your husband for all these different years and you doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's your relationship because you have someone to answer to. And they do too. And how they live is their choice, is their lifestyle. You know, you don't want to condemn anyone. When we start talking about the belief, but that doesn't mean that they don't have a relationship. They just have a different relationship. Now, but also, is it biblical? Now, we talked about unbelief. In defined as doubt, lack of faith, or presume something to be untrue or fictitious. Now, in, in what I'm reading and what I'm looking at, which is the inspired walk, James chapter 1, 6 to 8 in the New King James Version, and it says, But let him act in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he is double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So, therefore, Karen, how can you say, I don't believe, but now I do believe? Or, I used to believe, and now I don't believe anymore. Do you see how that could be a person that's double-minded and unstable? And how that could, there's a consequence to that? Oh, well, the word, God's word has to prick your heart. So, mm-hmm. you know, so his word can prick your heart in a, in a minute, in a second. And that, mm-hmm. that has happened. Mm-hmm. Once you hear something, and if you're a living being, it can pick you, prick you to like, oh, I do believe now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you know what I want to say, too? When we talk about even just this subject, a lot of people become offended by that when we start talking about belief and unbelief. And this show is not designed to offend anyone. This show is not to put pressure on anyone. 
This show, what I wanted it to do, which we was kind of cut off earlier and I had to restart a whole other show, show, is I wanted people to call in and share why they believe. If they were at a dis- uh, unbelief, help individuals with their unbelief. You know, you started off talking about the fact of where you are today versus where you came from or come from. And I've shared, and I talked about even with the lupus, where I was diagnosed, had symptoms of lupus ever since I was 14 years old, which has been over 40 years, and yet I don't, my hair don't fall out like people. I don't have all the blotches in my face. When the stuff did come to my face, it disappeared. I'm not on medication for lupus. To where when I go see my rheumatologist, they're like, Jeanette, you're a miracle. We don't understand what's going on with you. So when that helps me believe, and I know that I'm covered and God got me because I'm protected and I don't go through a lot of things that people go through. You know, we start talking about the coronavirus and people being unemployed and people struggling. Financially, I'm fine. You know, I even got letters from the IRS. Girl, when I get off this phone, I'm going to call them and fuss at them if they answer the doggone phone. You know, I don't let entities and people intimidate me and scare me because I trust and believe in God. And I've been through this before. And if I've been through something and I survived, it's like a person having anxiety, I ask them, what is the worst of the worst that can happen? And if the worst of the worst that can happen don't kill you, meaning if you die, you're not coming back right now, but you're transitioning to something else and hopefully going to heaven, I'm not going to let nothing drive me crazy. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) So, therefore, that's how I became a believer because I had to sit still. I had to trust God. I had to realize there was something Jeanette could not do on her own because I would write a letter. I would present the facts. I would do And some people just would still be looking at me like, um, we still don't have to hire you. You still, we still go take your contracts. Or we still go tell you no, you can't have. No. You know, and I remember Dana still used to always say delay does not mean deny. So when I learned to believe and I learned to trust God and not, girl, all kind of stuff just started. Doors started opening. Stress, our stressors just started disappearing. You know, I, I don't let stuff bother me. I really don't. So when we start talking about that in regards to, you know, and, and I want to share this, Karen, and you can help me with this, because some individuals are unbelievers and individuals will always say when you're going to church or even going to a funeral, if you do certain things, if you want to accept Christ as your personal Savior. But this is something that I'm reading by Inspired Walk, and it says, do you want to be a Christian or a follower of Jesus Christ? It says, first, acknowledge all have sinned and fallen short of his glory, and that's in Romans three twenty three. God can be merciful even to a sinner. And in Luke eighteen thirteen, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner and that you therefore need Jesus in your life. Like I said, I was so mad at first. I was like, you sucker, 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 sucker. You know, but I wasn't going to go back and sin. I wasn't going to, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I'm not going to sit here. And Lord knows I did not want to have to go and have that thing, put down my nose and all of that stuff. But I did. Because I know my daughter is like, you ain't coming back over here till we see your test results. So <laughs> my grandbaby told me. Wait a minute. Yeah, I had another grandbaby. Go ahead, my grandbaby told me because I was going to give them some money for their school supplies. I had $100 in my hand. My granddaughter, who has seizures, so please keep her in prayer, 
that little girl came in my house and told me, no, her mother said, um, Jeanette Jackson said, if you got COVID, you, she ain't coming around you. You on your own. She ain't taking I said, as much as I do for my grandbaby, she going to say something like that? And you, you just had a seizure? So I went to her sister, and I said, Brianna, if I had COVID, if I was sick, would you come and help me? Would you come and make sure I was okay? She said, yeah, Granny, I will come and help you. I said, here you go. Girl, I put that $100 in her hand. You should have saw the look on Jasmine's face. I said, no, you are in charge of making sure that they're okay. Here it is. I'm about to give you my money. To do, and you're going to tell me, in other words, if I got, I'm, I'm on my own? Oh, okay, no problem. So, <laughs> so acknowledge. Well, like, acknowledge how my grandkids feel about me. Another one is repent. Unless you repent, you will all likewise cherish. Repent by perish. Repent, therefore, to be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. God is a forgiving God. But you have to repent for some of the things that you've done. And confession. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's in First John 1 through 9. But if you confess with your mouth, the Lord of Jesus, and believe in your heart, God has risen him from the dead, you will be saved. And like I said, God is a living God. And we have to believe and believe for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And you know, Karen, that is powerful, especially with what's going on in the world today, with cleansing this stuff up. You know, we wanted to believe that the schools was going to be saved. We want to believe that our politicians are telling us the truth. We know they're not. But we have to still trust God. What do you have to say in regards to that? Look, we just have to tell God you made us. We're not perfect. We're in your image. But we're not perfect. And we want to do everything we can to live that life. But we know that we have to stay in your word because if we don't, that temptation comes in a minute. And when temptation comes, it can stir or disturb you from following that path. And you know that flesh, if you feed the flesh, it'll stay with you for a while. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, yes, it will. And see, you know, mm-hmm. we have a minute left on the show. I want to say also, and I know that a lot of individuals are struggling because they're not able to go to church, but people got Zoom church. I mean, I was listening to church and listening to Jamal Bryant on YouTube last night, which put me to sleep. You know, but there's things that we can do to make sure that we stay on our journey. Because in Scripture, Jesus wants to help as we are on this journey. But we basically have to exercise spiritually daily. We have to also do things that imitate God and stop retreating and start fighting, meaning we have to fight the powers to be and the wickedness. Now, Karen, I'm going to let you end the show. What do you want to say to individuals that are struggling with unbelief? Unbelief? Read Proverbs. 
Go mm-hmm. to the Bible and read Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And see, God is not mentioned in that chapter, but you can see his actions in that chapter. Mm-hmm. That is true. It gives that you is- common sense. And if you live by Proverbs, you're starting a relationship with the Lord because the Lord gave wisdom in Proverbs. And when everybody follows Proverbs, they lived a better life. Yes, they did. And we also have to study to show ourselves approved. And if you are dealing with the spirit of unbelief, get into good pastoral teaching. Find you a leader that is demonstrating leadership. A lot of times we don't know how to be aware of false prophets. We start believing in people. You know, people talking about voting for Kanye West and all that. It's like for real. You know, we just have to make sure that we're not being bamboozled. Be careful. And another thing, Kanye West is taking votes away from Trump. I mean, Uh, taking votes away from Biden. Well, that was it was designed to be set up that way. So yeah, again, but we only we have, have a minute. We only have a minute. I don't want to talk too long on, on our last minute. <laughs> well, again, we got to go back to trusting God and trust yourself, but lean not on your own understanding, but get into the Word of God. So I want to thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. And thank you, Mama G, for joining me today. I appreciate it because I did not want to talk about myself. And I had already got kicked off of Facebook. I already got kicked off. All my electrical stuff wasn't working. I said, you know what? I believe and I trust God. And this show happens. That's That is human proof. (laughs) You I'll see you Sunday on Ask Mama G. I will be there. I will be there. Thank you very much. Okay. Remember, you got this. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.